This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. kids you like professional wrestling oh we like professional wrestling too this is uh shake them ropes he is chris novembrino i am jeff hawkins recording fairly early on a friday because i have the day off my work graciously gave us a four-day weekend and given that this is memorial day weekend please if you are here in the states do take at least a moment of reflection for the people who died it is while I do not shame people for having barbecues and parties on Memorial Day, I was always raised to believe that it was a day of reflection. But here's always with me one Chris Novembrino, a man who's trying to find parking. <laughs> a man who's trying to find a party? <laughs> parking. Oh, parking. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I now dub myself Jeff the Visitor. Uh, I, I didn't shoot this life in the last week. Um, Chris Novembrino became the visitor, fighting for all of the visitors parking all across America. The visitors of America. The normal normal ray of parking, Chris Novembrino. Yeah, no. And and again, some men seek out greatness. Some men, you know, uh, (laughs) like, you know. But but in my case, I, I was thrusted into this role where I'm now combating the machine, the powers that be. I have... I have communications going with the. We've got to city. fight the powers and, that be. And <laughs> the state, the city of Dallas, and the state of Texas. The visitor will not be silenced, Jeffrey. The visitor <laughs> will fight on. The visitor shall park. Shall park. Yes, visitors parking the the bane of many in existence in places. I, what, I'm, what I'm ranting about is that at my particular apartment complex here, just to give like the quickest rundown. Uh, new management company came in and they decided to create a visitor's parking system where there are, for an apartment complex of 625 units, 30 visitor's parking spaces and they're marked. And if you don't park in one of those, your visitor gets towed. So that's one unit for every 20. And um, I inadvertently got, like, I went up there to just like put a comment in the, uh, you know, complaint box or comment box and got my head chewed off. And now I, um, have to fight for everyone. And that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make, but uh, I just want people to know that it was supposed to be a regular Tuesday morning. And if you win that, you can come here because I've been going to some doctors lately. And I don't think to a person. No, if, when, when I win this. Yes, when you win this. <gasps> if. Uh, <laughs> City Hall, Chris, you know this. Um, no. Uh, Every doctor I've gone to, there's a sign in the in their waiting room. We do not validate parking. I'm like, what is the effing point then of having an office where I can come drive down? If you're not, if I have to pay, I have to pay more for the co for the for the parking than the copay most of the time. If if I decide to do that, so I, you know, oh, you're a little late, Mister Rockets. Yes, I had to go street parking because you dopes. <laughs> don't provide it in any way it's like are we running a business here or are we running a, a cash scam because parking is the biggest grift in los angeles i mean it, it just is it's 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 <laughs> you see people like putting cones on the public parking you know and and then no you have to go get a valet i'm like it's a it's a street parking spot why can't i park it well we we've reserved it it's like oh you have have you oh well then that kind of thing, but yes. Uh, well, I, and it kills me out here uh, in, in Dallas when I try to play shows down in Deep Elm, and the parking situation has gotten really expensive down there. It's on average, if you're if you're willing to walk a little bit, you can find parking for as cheap as five bucks, but like- They're soaking the tourists in Deep Elm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah you, it, in the actual strip, it's like over $20 to park. And the thing that's been annoying me when I've been playing down there lately is clubs are not, sometimes I'm playing at certain venues where like where the opening acts were not getting paid and clubs are not even covering the parking. So I'm playing at a loss. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, and, and yes, I know. It's like, oh, it's yards, Chris, or whatever. But, like, come on. You're running a bar. You 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 said if, if you know that's the parking situation, one, you either designate parking the same way you got it for your employees for the band that is working for you that night, or you set aside a budget to get parking for that band, or you work out an arrangement with a parking lot owner where you can get – like, you should not just be like, well – Sorry about that. Enjoy spending $25. Thanks for playing here tonight. Here's a drink ticket. No, like, the, the, the Super Bowl guys were you. I mean, it was like half a mile, three quarters of a mile away. And they were, uh, they were um, charging 150 bucks to park in their front lawn. <laughs> I was like, go for that grift. Go for it. Say hi, Chris. All right, Hawkins, I'm going to use my microphone voice now for the podcast. You don't, you don't ever tell me if I'm on the wrong microphone. <laughs> some some great producer you are uh leaving leaving me to embarrass myself on the microphone once again i i was turning in a great performance and instead you soaked me you soaked me who's the one who professionally records around here um you, <laughs> you know it, it, you, you know friends help friends jeffrey i i, I do we need do I, I will send you i have quality animated cartoons that speak to this Okay. I will send them to you. Uh, getting into wrestling news, following up on a couple stories that we did last week when we were early. Um, Sasha and Naomi walking on WWE. No, no movement on their end, but on the WWE end, contracts have been frozen. Merchandise has been pulled from the online stores as of last Friday. And burials abound on television to the point where if you watched SmackDown last week, uh, Pat McAfee is just had no idea that this Michael Cole promo on Sasha and Naomi was coming up and he's just left to look confused. And <laughs> the funny thing is Pat McAfee, if, if you are a fan of his podcast and I am uh, is number one, the most grab the bag guy in sports, I think, and is the most, I'm going to be honest with my audience about what's going on type of thing. <laughs> And he's just left there to <laughs> basically his reaction to Michael Cole's just tremendous bear. I mean, when I say tremendous, I mean, WWE going out of their way to say that these employees are rogue employees who are not, they don't care about you, the WWE universe. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, no, the, the, the uh, level of intensity that Michael Cole was delivering that promo with contrasted against McAfee's furrowed brow, his yeah. legitimately flummoxed face that like, oh my God, when this company turns on you, they don't just turn on you, they go completely nuclear on this. And like, like I, it was baffling because they were doing damage control on something that I think like if they had said very little <laughs> about it, 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 they basically made the situation bigger than it really needed yes. to be as far as, as, it, far as I'm concerned. It brought attention to a situation where nobody would know except like the 25 to 50% of people who, who read news updates on the regular from insiders like Sean Rossap and Dave Meltzer. Nobody would have known that they had done this. Although all they had to do was say we had an something happened in the back with Sasha and Naomi, and they're no longer in the main event, and uh, and and whatever, or there was an injury. I mean, lie. You can lie about these things because it's pro wrestling. It's cards subject to change without reason. It it it's what the most yeah. Alexa Bliss could have captured both of them and sent them into the nether zone. Like <laughs> like like like, uh, like this isn't actually like. Uh, you, it's a fiction, as they were so quick to point out, it's a fictional program. Yes. Yes. You could, like, have, like, you, you could have sent them time traveling into the outer yeah. dimensions of whatever crappy sci-fi show you want. Yes, it's a scripted program. How about you script something, geniuses? Jeez. But no, they won. They yeah. I, I, and I just, I, I mean, as like, I don't know that we have a lot more on the TikTok of this other than the the kind of background that we read from that one third party that seemed to have some authority when speaking about Naomi and Sasha's position here. Um, but I, I just gotta say, WWE's conduct 
completely like it, it just it the way they are behaving is deeply undermining to whatever legitimacy they might have for their arguments. That and this is the wrong target. Sasha Banks is imminently one of your top three talents, I think, in the company. I do. I think in terms of star power. That they're there. Roman, Brock, and Sasha. I think those are the three. Maybe you can make a case for Ronda Rousey, but you know, I I, I kind of I kind of bristle at that. I think her star has faded quite a bit, but Sasha is that person. Every time she comes on, huge pop. And this is you wouldn't they would have never picked a fight with the other two of those three. But Sasha, they want to make an example of. And I just I, I think it's a losing proposition for them in every way because Sasha doesn't need them anymore. And I think that's part of the problem here, too, is that they know that Sasha doesn't need them anymore. Because trust me, there are casting directors begging to, to cast Sasha Banks and things if she can pull off a half half good performance. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. WWE also eating some humble pie this week as an email went out. I believe yesterday that money in the bank has been moved from Allegiant stadium to MGM grand garden arena, which if you want to even slide the knife even further into the gut, is less capacity than T-Mobile arena where this weekend's double or nothing takes place for AEW. This, they can make all the excuses they want, but this was due to poor ticket sales. Now, this is me editorializing now. They wanted Money in the Bank to be a big pay-per-view. They wanted it. They wanted the fifth pay-per-view. They wanted a big one. And this is them getting hoisted on their own petard. Chris, do you even remember who the Money in the Bank winners were from last year? Otis won the Money in the Bank, and no, then that was he two lost... years ago. Two okay. Years ago. Um. Then who won Money in the Bank last? Edge. Nope. Okay. No, I, the answer <laughs> this is This is no. kind of proving my point. Yeah, but... no, the answer is apparently no, Jeff. Uh, how about on the women's side? Uh, that obviously was uh, Carmella. Incorrect. That was too okay. Years ago, I okay, uh, I don't know. Last year's I... Money in the Bank winners were Big E and Nikki A.S.H. Wow. And if wow. you want to know why there's poor ticket sales to Money in the Bank, how about you look at the treatment of Big E and Nikki A.S.H. after they won the money in the bank. That's all you need to say is scoreboard to me. But yeah, this is- because I, and how are you ever going to act like this is a fifth pay-per-view or whatever when the way it would ever achieve that status is if money in the bank was sort of like the being made moment for every one of these developing stars. You win the money in the bank and that is your ticket into the true upper echelon. Nikki A.S.H. has been chasing around the 24-7 title. Like, it, it ends up making the argument against it super compellingly. Her title run wasn't even that good. That's the problem, is they kept on doubling down on these things that weren't working in front of a live crowd. They made her look goofy, and then they had her lose the title like a goof as well. Why would you ever want to... You know what? That's, that's stadium show material right there, is because they want to see... They think that the, the spectacle of the ladder match is going to do it for them. And it's not. And, and it's, it's one of those things where I think people have finally caught on that. Hey, why are we going to invest time in the money in the bank when it's just going to be somebody who gets their toe in the water and then eventually gets beat by, you know, whoever they think the real star. And I, I brought up Otis, but I don't actually think it can, well, can be overstated, but I think generally speaking, it's underappreciated as a sleeper moment that Otis losing the money in the bank in court in a skitlet, (laughs) like really for those who pay attention and like ticket buyers are people who pay attention to some degree, um, that sort of move tells people that money in the bank does not mean what it once meant. Yeah, and you, well, could I mean, argue, that, you could argue it's been kind of moving in that way since the Sandow moment, but like, uh, you know, a longer term trajectory here. But like more acutely, I, I, I would point to this Otis moment as, as a real signpost for when things took a different turn. Not not just ticket buyers, but but the whole. Making it a travel destination show and it's it's for Fourth of July weekend that, that, that used to be a big that used to be International Fight Week in vegas that's a big travel week 
and and to to then and there's a big UFC card I believe on Saturday night as well. Um, and I believe Money in the Bank was, I believe the same night because I think that pay per view was is scheduled for Saturday as well. So that was a, an issue too. And you know, look, given given the economic things as well, look, not as many people are going to be traveling for shows anymore as well. So just just an overall miscalculation by this company but most of it to me would be the poor creative of how they book money in the bank i I just think you can make the a to b comparison and you can blame other factors but the story is right there it's like you know the the weapon is in the murderer's hand it's it's not it's not a mystery as to as to why this thing failed due to poor ticket sales yeah Uh, yeah no Uh, and, and i mean you could look at the week to week tv too and i mean i know Sometimes it seems hard to connect where the poor television connects to the poor business, but like, as we as we're fond of saying, you can outrun this for a while. But like, obviously, at some point, it's gonna connect. You don't want to buy the T-shirt of a band that is considered to be lame and you know doesn't have a cool factor. And like, yeah, if you're not vibing on what the show's doing, you're not gonna want to go to the live event. Yeah, very true. Uh, also following up from a story last week, New Japan had a press conference today early saying Kota Ibushi is and will remain a key member of the New Japan pro wrestling roster. In order to ensure the best possible working environment for talent, we will be actively engaged in discussion with Mr. Ibushi about improving company policy and implementing proper procedure. Kota Ibushi did not take this too well. Tweeting, and this is a rough translation so if there's something lost in this i apologize but don't leave out the part you don't want to talk about the true story from may 8th i'll address in detail my mother sensing my concern asked me if there were any problems on may 8th as a result of the story that i told her on may 9th she attempted suicide and broke her hip bone that was 95 percent of my tweet why did you leave that out i told you yesterday that i would address it if and this is in parenthesis parentheses their explanation on the press conference was not correct i don't think things are gonna end happily here chris call me crazy no uh, i i i i think uh i i think that it appears the company has really missed the broader issue here uh in their way of handling this sheesh <laughs> yikes uh, right before we went on to air announcement that WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett has officially returned to World Wrestling Entertainment. This is from PW Insider. PWInsider.com has confirmed with multiple sources Jarrett will be working on the live event side of WWE's business in a high-level executive position. One source described it as Jarrett taking over live events. I'm kind of Jeff Jarrett about it has a long career and resume of that. So I think this is a great fit for him. He does take over events. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett is going to be the last man standing. And I, you know what? Grab the bag, Jeff. Always grab the bag. But I was kind of like it as game changer run. I got to be honest with you as the grizzled old outlaw type of thing. I was kind of, I, man, I'm telling you, Chris, I know this will, this will ruffle the feathers of some listeners. I was hoping for an AEW appearance at one point. I really was. Just because of all the people in wrestling, Jeff Jarrett's going to get paid by everybody. I mean, I actually, I mean, I think it'd be fun. And like, look, uh, he is, he's got great heel heat. Um, there, there's a real nice opportunity with Jarrett, especially coming in and antagonizing these beloved, like younger guys. Uh, as the grizzled veteran or whatever, I mean, like, look, I'm here for a Jeff Jarrett, Adam page program. <laughs> like I won't that could that be far. a lot hold of on. fun. Oh, hold on. Here. Now you've gone too far, sir. Have I? I'm not saying belt Jeff Jarrett. I'm saying <laughs> like the type of stories that the AEW fan base wants. And they know this, this is why Jericho is doing the sports entertainment stuff. It is like, AEW and independent wrestling triumphs over crappy mainstream McDonald's WWE. Okay. From that perspective, from the perspective of AE, like I could see there being money in dreading Jeff Jarrett winning the title. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah, fear. especially with Jared coming out and giving, like, a detailed promo about how he, like, an impassioned, <laughs> like, I can't wait to change this company to be more, you know, family-oriented. Like more like yeah, total yeah. nonstop action. <laughs> yeah, uh, saying all the things that everyone hates and, like, yeah. just leaning in. Yeah, oh, no, I... I that might he, be the Jericho path, now that I think about it. That might be... We might not even I, be I just think he'd be Jericho. better at... He'd basically be better at Jerichoing than Jericho is because of, like, the resume of his career. Oh, man. That is that's some great fantasy booking. Uh, in- injury news. Uh, Layla Hirsch had successful surgery. She had a torn ACL. She's going to be out for a while. Anthony Bowens looks like he did something to his knee. I'm not sure if ACL, MCL, or meniscus. But... Uh, He's going to be on the shelf as well. He came out in a wheelchair during uh, Dynamite for a promo during, I believe, uh, dark tapings on Wednesday. And Nikita Lyons, as seen on NXT, written out of the uh, tournament there because she has a torn MCL as well. Uh, Nikita Lyons is the interesting one here because I think they really wanted to put the rocket on her, and that's going to that's gonna, uh, cool that off real quick. Yeah, yeah, and I think they're going to want to make sure that she's 100% and then some before they put the rocket back on her again with the, given the knee stuff. Knees can be tricky. And in lighter news, weddings abound in the wrestling world. Looks like Speedball Mike Bailey and Veda Scott tied the knot this week, as well as Thomas Latimer and Camille. Kind of shocked to find out that Camille's only 28. That's uh, that's interesting. But uh, I believe there's one more to go. I believe Charlotte and Andrade will be doing that. But uh, congrats to all of them. Very, very cool. That will end the news portion of this program. And now, as is custom here on Shake Them Ropes, the lazy river of wrestling criticism. Whatever we want to talk about, whatever we watched, whatever we saw, that will also include, because this is a pay-per-view week, a preview of this year's Double or Nothing from Las Vegas, Nevada. I have already done two of these previews, Chris, so you're going to be doing a lot of this talking, and I'm going to be doing a lot of apologizing for my previous picks. But, uh, Chris, I will leave it to you before we start the preview. Is there anything pressing that you wanted to talk about uh, from this week's wrestling before we get into it? Yeah, because I don't want to do the full show of this, but like, let's talk about NXT 2.0 okay it's not worth actually recapping the full show of this. <laughs> no no I I, I I i'm not even saying there's a laugh line that's the sad part is like like sometimes i'm saying things now about this show that are actually just true statements it do not pass the laugh test in the sense that like it's a true statement and you just find yourself laughing at it and um this week nxt 2.0 hit a new unfortunate and and sad milestone where at the end of this horrible main event segment the main event segments braun breaker wrestling duke hudson middle management duke hudson middle management duke hudson and out parking if you ask him nice yeah he won't validate your parking bro he won't validate yeah no no he'll tell you that there's parking but like what he's basically saying is yeah you're gonna have to pay for it though oh yeah no when you ask for him to validate he pulls out his pockets and pulls out lint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, he 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 does he does like the the handsy thing too. Like like what wh- where do you expect me to have this money? Even though he's got a nice watch on. We don't have the budget for that. Yeah, I, and and he's doing this with this hand that has the nice watch on it. Um, so Braun Breaker's in there having a match against Duke Hudson. Okay, you know, like Hudson's a, not a bad specimen. Breaker's fine. It's an okay. It's okay. It's just okay. Um, out comes Joe Gacy everyone's favorite Bray Wyatt clone. And he's got his two grizzled young veterans who now have to wear hoods and be stupid. And the premise of the match now slips to Joe Gacy is trying to get Braun Breaker to get disqualified. And the match ends when after a bunch of shenanigans, Duke Hudson wins the match via disqualification when Braun Breaker is essentially tricked into hitting Duke Hudson with a chair. And Joe Gacy is cackling to the side outside of the ring with his two little hooded goofs. And the crowd is chanting, this is stupid, audibly, as the logo comes up for NXT. And I'm sitting there and watching this and kind of like gawking at it as I'm looking up from my computer doing other stuff going, wow, this is an unimaginable 
way of this show closing out eight to 10 years ago. Eight to 10 years ago, it would have been just impossible to imagine a scenario where the crowd had completely abandoned the angle so much that the the show is going off the air with a this is stupid chant. But here we are. (laughs) Here, no, and and I'm not even saying that to be funny. It's like, there's no more damning indictment of how much the show has declined. It's not even debatable to me anymore that it has declined. Not that it ever really was, but like, you can't find find me an episode of NXT 1.0 after the Bo Dallas era that goes off the air with this is stupid. I don't exactly. Even think you, I don't even think you can find one during the Bo Dallas era. Yeah, I mean, would you would you ever tell fans of the black and gold post Bo Dallas? Hell, even with Bo Dallas, if you want to go that far, that that the show would I, ever come. Some off. of Bo's stuff was not bad. The Bo gets kicked off of NXT is a great segment. Yes, I, people people dismiss that. But you know, it was it was fun and entertaining before NXT got more serious, and I liked more serious NXT, like many people. Uh, going into AEW, uh, before we get into the preview, I do have a question because it it relates to the preview of this AEW, and and I let let let's get into this because this was the most confusing segment in the Go Home Show. I mean, the the Go Home Show. AEW just does piss poor go home shows. Let's be honest, because of because of how they their their point of view is we we still want to give people a great wrestling show for the hard sell. So they did all the hard sell stuff in the first hour, and then they end with the Owen Hart tournament stuff. And you're just like, eh, okay, great. But besides my editorializing there, the Punk Hangman promo. A lot of thoughts about this. I had a conversation, had a couple of conversations about it. Uh, I want I want you to talk about your thoughts on this, and then I'm going to give mine. And I want you to tell me, as someone who is not as deeply entrenched in the wrestling bubble as I am, which includes message boards and wrestling Twitter. Not that you're not entrenched in the wrestling bubble, Chris, but you know you don't. You you have other things to. I know. To... I, I admittedly have other. Th- I've never. I not don't play coy about that at this point. I, I okay. used to. I, I mean, I know. Like, I it was a part of my career. I closed caption professional wrestling, but like, much like after working at you know a pizza place, you don't want to eat pizza every you, day. You don't live tweet like I do. No, no, times. I don't. That's no, what I'm I, saying. Yeah, I, I, well, dude, honestly, especially right now, I just nothing compels me to okay. act like that. So, yeah. so okay, so so with that said, and with our our particulars out there. What was your opinion of this punk uh, hangman confrontation? Okay, so super mixed. It was really complicated because initially I'm like, okay, Paige is more fired up and engaged and more meeting the energy of a CM Punk feud and delivering with some intensity at a CM Punk level. But then... Then, and this is important, you get into the actual content of what Paige is saying. And there was a great improvement in style, as I just noted, but I felt like the substance of what he said was super confusing at best. I don't, and I've thought about it a while now, I don't understand what his, like, you're a hypocrite about labor stuff what, the, what is that comment getting at? The, the best I've been able to come up with is you don't wrestle on TV enough, which is weird. Um, and I don't necessarily even know is all that true relative. I guess the question would be like relative to who? Like he shouldn't be wrestling as much as Jungle Boy. Like I, I, So anyways, I was having a hard time with that. And I, I just felt like, I felt like the story is still a little obtuse here. Like, it's it's on if if you asked me to recap what is the story of CM Punk and Adam Page, I don't know that I can really tell you that. And and I think that if I gave you my version of it, and then we had four or five other people who follow wrestling fairly closely, like let's say the same level of intensity as me, I think all of our descriptions would be kind of divergent. Not like, you know, like diametrically opposed or anything, but divergent enough that it would speak to this idea that maybe this story has not been told very clearly. I don't really... Punk wants to win. I guess it's all business. 
where is Adam Page's head at in all of this? And I, I don't know. I so no, I think I think if you want to cut it off right there, I yeah. think you're perfect because you're with me in many, many ways. You're with a lot of wrestling Twitter in many ways that night watching that promo. But then you start listening to people like Dave Meltzer and you start going to message boards and you start reading it. And I think here's the deal is we talk about this a lot. When things don't make sense on television, a lot of people go into their minds and create a story where the story makes sense. And I think that's what has happened here. According to what Dave Meltzer is, is hinting at here is that the story being told is that there's also some backstage stuff that's going on within this promo. And that the story is that they're trying to tell and, and some fans have gotten into this too. It's well, while you knew that Eddie Kingston already said this and MJF already said this, that CM Punk is a phony and that, and that punk is being disingenuous here. And it's the start of a heel turn. And I said, they have not told that story at all. What they are doing right now, in my opinion, Chris, I think you're exactly right. They were vague and they're being obtuse here and it's too clever by half, but it's also far too, but, but there are too many people saying that they're telling the story that they're not telling. I think we're getting into a point where we're going to have the retracing problem that we've talked about here. They are telling the story to get to telling the story. What they're trying to say, and all Adam Page had to do was come out here and say, things have changed in this company since you got here. That is all they had to say in this promo. And all those things that people are saying would be true, but it's not. It's not. They aren't say they they aren't saying that. They're trying to make you think, and they're and people are trying to justify this as long-term storytelling, and it's not. If they are going to turn punk heel here in any way, or if they're going to turn punk after he wins the title in order to cravenly try and keep it, then they are telling the story here incorrectly so that they can now tell the story correctly that they've wanted to tell for the last three months. That is my opinion on this because I didn't see that at all. And I, uh, I was with everybody. I was almost with punk. Like, why are you so angry at me? They, this is in, in my wheelhouse. This is the equivalent of an improv scene where you have two players out there and one player has a secret motivation and we can't start the scene until the other player gets the motivation out of that player. And we never got the motivation out there. I thought the, the page part of this promo just didn't connect with the reality of what the, the story they were building here was. It really wasn't. Now, if, if you wanted him, I mean, and it also doesn't jive well with, with the, with the page promo about CM Punk two weeks earlier about how he's going to kick his ass and he's going to make his fans not want to buy their merchandise anymore. There is an underlying anger here in Adam Page that needed to be addressed. And, and, and isn't that, I mean, isn't that underlying anger and like this is where it needed to finally start bubbling out that he's angry at the fans for not loving him enough. I don't know like, about to, that. I don't know what that's To that's me, the like, point. that's the closest thing to a coherent story okay. you have here. That he he fought, he was cowboy shit. They loved him when he drove the Tesla with the horns. Now, all of a sudden, here comes this guy who quit the business for seven years. He's old. He's washed. He's not the same entity he once was. And these people still love him and not me. When I represent their generation, I'm closer to their values. They can't even move on from him and embrace me. Like, it feels to me like, Page's contempt here really is at the fans. And so, like, especially if they turn Punk heel, it will feel really unearned off okay, of this. Because to me, the story has felt like Page is angry, he's bitter. And, like, in the classic way, when someone's like kind of like angry, they're oftentimes trying to deflect what they're really angry about. I don't think this, I, to me, the story is, is he's angry at Punk, but it's not really about Punk. He's angry at Punk as a proxy for the fans. Uh, I, I'm. I'm with you to a point because I think it's another side of, of the coin. I think he's somewhat angry. I think he is angry at punk, but I always viewed it as, and it sort of came out here is he's a day one guy. He was here building this. And this guy just comes waltzing in. He gets a couple of matches 
And, and the fans sudden, love him, even though I'll, Paige has been here since day one. Okay, I, I I wasn't bringing the fans into this. I was like, well, who are you to to jump the line and from other people? And why is the company giving you this title shot? I but this is why one. I'm saying he works as a perfect proxy because how many times have these fickle, to quote Danielson, uh, fans turned on the day one guys in favor of the new arrivals? Okay, that's fine. I mean, the, the, both those things could be true, but they didn't tell that story either. No, so no it, I, I mean, I think if any, they have not been telling that story, but I think if anything, Paige's tone has done more to speak to that narrative than, frankly, a, a punk heel turn because if anything... If Punk, you know, slightly crossed the line against this iteration of Adam Page, like if Page is out there being way cool, um, you know, like trying to be as cool as possible with Punk, and then Punk like worked dirty in the match, poked Page in the eye or something like that, I think that that has some salience. But like Page is being a dickhead. Like yeah. if Punk poked Page in the eye during this match, it wouldn't have this, ooh, that's heelish sort of thing. It'd be like, I don't know, dude, he's trying to win the title, whatever. Yeah. Um, interesting. I'll, let's just quickly go over dynamite then before we get into this. Uh, I, I thought the, uh, the Wardlow segment was perfect. I, I thought the Wardlow segment and, and this, and this confrontation should have been hour two and that's how they should have closed the show. Um, but, I, but I loved it. I mean, the chair shot, everybody could see it a mile away and it was fantastic how they pulled that off. You know, you can have you can have a beat like that be painfully obvious, but also be necessary and yeah. logical and like very I, like you if you write if you write something where that's the spot we got to get to, then like yeah, and and sometimes the bit in the mistake there it would be to do the swerve where Spears winds up, gets ready to bonk MJF and MJF like puts his hands up and Spears puts his hands up and like, ah, we didn't fall for the trope. No, no. Sometimes you, sometimes you just got to do the thing. Yeah. Like, I, like, you I think know, the you, only missed beat here was man. They undersold on commentary, the breaking of the handcuffs. I thought that that should have been a, Oh my God type of moment. And they just, ah, he broke the handcuffs. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Way to undersell it, JR. Way to go there. Um, and the other thing that just it it this annoyed me. I don't know about you. FTR versus Rapongi Vice. And this is how we're introducing the forbidden door with the great Ocon and a guy who hasn't appeared on AEW TV in two and a half years, but I'm supposed to remember him, Jeff Cobb. Um, I this is more of Tony's bubble presence where he thinks everybody follows everything in wrestling this is the equivalent of the wcw invading wwf with lance storm as, as the guy to put out there this needed to be a bigger deal and this will go into my i mean i thought they were going to make a bigger deal a double or nothing but i just i thought i think they overthought this they thought that this would get a huge pop in front of that crowd, which the travel crowd hadn't even gotten into Vegas yet. The travel crowd was getting in Thursday and Friday. This was mostly locals and people who took the entire week off in there on a, on a, on a Wednesday afternoon thinking they were going to pop huge for Jeff Cobb and the great Ocon. I, I just, it, it, it seemed like it, it was just a bad idea, Chris. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I didn't like, I I've not been watching new Japan that much in recent years. So the great Okan, I was like, who? And then I, I was well, like, Oh, well you and Jim Ross. Cause he goes, Jeff Cobb and the other guy. That's yeah. No, I, like, dude, I was, I, I, I was it, never a good day when I'm feeling Jim Ross's energy, but I was absolutely <laughs> feeling Jim Ross's energy. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not Jeff. I'm not saying that with pride. I'm saying that with journalistic oh, integrity. Hold on. Were you uh, also Oh man, Hoss guy, Jeff Cobb. Oh yeah, like him, like the big boys. Like yeah, no, and the best that, the best that Ross can come up with is he's kind of like Doctor Death. I'm like, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, um, sure. Oh, this old. Okay, cool. Uh, that those were my thoughts on 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 Dynamite. So let's get in. Let's do the preview and let's uh, go enjoy the weekend, shall we? Sounds good to me. All right, eleven matches. Possibly a 12th to be added. I don't know if, if Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly will be officially added, but as a press time, 11 matches and one pre-show match for your double or nothing preview. 
live from the T-Mobile Arena, I believe. <laughs> is it in the T-Mobile Arena? Hold on, let's check. Yes, T-Mobile Arena <laughs> on the strip at Las Vegas, Nevada. It will be AEW's first million gate over $1 million, the first million dollar gate for any company other than WWE. So big card here. Let's get to it. On the pre-show, Hookhausen, the team of, oddly enough, Hook and Danhausen, taking on Tony Nese and Smart Mark Not the Sterling. people I was expecting off of that. Not the what? Not, not the people I was expecting for, for Hookhausen's personality. Yeah, yeah. It, it really <laughs> swerved me there. <laughs> Who else would have been? Uh, maybe Slapjack. Hook and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sla- <laughs> Slapjack and uh, Slapjack Retribution, and... too. <laughs> A team of Angelico and... Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, no, Slapjack and Jack Evans, the, the yes. two Jacks and a Jill. Hookhausen <laughs> versus Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. Uh, Chris, your your detailed preview of, of what everybody knows is going to happen. I think Hook and Danhausen are going to somehow find a way for the mega powers to unite here and triumph over evil. <laughs> yes, uh, Smart Mark Sterling is probably taking this pin. Danhausen's going to have a curse on somebody and Hook's going to kill somebody and probably walk. They, they, I, I mean, I will actually, I, non-zero possibility, they actually do the Mega Powers Unite spotlight at the end of it, you know, as a like, little tribute. And what is possibly the worst build for any title match on a, on a pay-per-view ever? Jade Cargill defending her TBS championship with the baddies, Kira Hogan and Red Velvet in tow versus Anna Jay. And how they got here was that Anna Jay Saved somebody who's in their Owen Hart tournament. <laughs> You're just like, what the hell? Chris, is there any chance that Anna Jay wins the TBS title here? God, I hope so, but no, no probably no, not. No. I, I mean, they spare me of this misery, but now that they've created the baddie section, I, I think the badness will continue. Yeah, I'm 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 not I'm gonna be honest. I, I follow Red Velvet on, on social media. And they've been doing a lot with Sonny Kiss possibly being a part of the baddies. And I'm kind of here for that. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kinda, not going to lie. I'm, I'm here for that. I'm kind of here okay. for that. Yes. Caddy, Sonny Kiss being like, yeah, I, I, you're talking yeah. me into that. Yeah. Uh, you can yeah. talk me into that very easily. Um, I'm mo- The thing I'm most excited about this match is to see who Jade Cargill cosplays. Because, I look, Jade Cargill can't wrestle for crap in many ways. How dare you, sir? I would never no, say right. such a thing like that on this you're podcast. Right. No, I no, want to make it clear no, Shake gonna... Them Ropes is not going to countenance those uh, types of critiques. I am sorry to the fans. I, I apologize. I went off the cuff there. That is my Yeah, it was, that was, it was horrible. I, I, Hold on. Let, let me, you, let me you, fix you this, say Chris. That, let me fix this in post right oh now. Oh, my God. Really? Three, two, one. Jade Cargill is a work in progress who is improving by the day. She has great style <laughs> and great presence, and I'm kind of excited to see her ring gear. But yeah, I don't. I, I the shorter this match is, uh, I think the better. And Jade Cargill wins this, but she has a presence. She has a star. She's improving. Yeah, it's, look, the Ultimate Warrior was a star too. Yes, I don't disagree yes. with you there. I know I flew off the handle there. That, that oh come on! Actually, I'm I'm more mad at you that you walked it back because no, she's not a very good wrestler. Okay. And, and, and when you say she, I try not to, I, I try not to. Do when, that to I think I, I think when people are going to say she's improving, they now have the burden of saying how. No, no, no. I I try not to comment on people's wrestling because I'm not a wrestler. So oh, okay, I, okay, you know, all right. That, well, I, I mean, me. I, I I don't know. I I watch matches. They're good. They're bad, and that seems to be a factor no, of the no, people who are in them. No. Jeff Jeff just had a bad moment there. Well, you know, you, I, I'm I'm mad at you. You sold you sold out journalism. I know. That, I did. That's horrible. So you did. Weak. You did. A thing so to think weak. about. A thing to think about. In a six man tag match, the House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King against a Death Triangle of Pac. Penta Oscura and Ray Phoenix with Alex Abrahantes. On paper, this match is going to be fantastic. If you like Spotfest, I believe this will be the one for you. Story does nothing for me, and I am deathly afraid that Julia Hart's going to be involved in the finish. Chris, what do you see for this? See, I am more, I am less optimistic about the work in this match. I'm worried that this has moved into the worst impulses of WWE, and that's going to be more skitty than it is uh, matchy. Okay. Um, 
I think given it's AEW, there will still be a match there. But I think the focus of the competitors in this match is not going to be on making a good match, but making a good skit. And that's ultimately what's going to get the focus. That is my worry as well. I do think House of Black goes over here. Um, oh, yeah, I should have said that. Yeah, no, I, this, n- narratively, it makes absolutely no sense for Penta and all of them to win. I, I yes. think probably the finish here is that like Penta and all of them try to like save Julia Hart and Julia Hart betrays them. That, yeah, that would be my my pick as well. In, in a match that's, to me, going to be feast or famine, the Hardys, Matt and Jeff Hardy, taking on the Young Bucks of Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson with one Brandon Cutler. I'll go first on this one. I, I think Jeff Hardy's going to try and do too much here. I, I do. I think he's going to, tr- he's going to try and wreck himself here. Uh, I would be more interested in a young bucks Hardy straight match here than I would breaking out a ladder at any point, but I assume there's going to be a ladder broken out at some point for, for no reason whatsoever. I'd be interested to see if the Young Bucks could carry the Hardys to a three and a half, four star match. I do. I don't think they can get there. I don't think Matt and Jeff, I don't think they got it anymore. I got to be honest with you. I think they have enough to please the fans, but in terms of having the critically acclaimed match, I don't think it's there, no matter what the Young Bucks do here. I mean, but I'm Jeff, happy to be proven Jeff wrong. was always sort of like a middling talent when it came to actually like the inside the ropes wrestling stuff. He's an unbelievable stunt performer. Yes. Um. So, I, I I mean I'm with you. I think they will try to do too much. I bet you the the Jacksons are willing to take the lion. The, they're going to be willing to do the work that it would be needed to make this match work yes. for the fans. Yes, they will. They are going to work um, hard for the Hardys. You know that. I I, I, I would su- suspect that it ends up clocking in somewhere around three and a quarter stars. Like, like who wins? A, I'm going to say the Jacksons win and that this is the start of a feud. I'm going the opposite way. I think they put the you Hardys, the Hardys over. prevail. Yeah. Okay. I, do. I think they put the okay. Hardys over. Okay. So, but I mean, I can go either way, but I, I well, no, think, you could see the Hardys going over and that being the start of Adam Cole being annoyed with the Jacksons or they get the Hardys put over the, and it also moves the Hardys over to possibly like an FTR match. I think at some point, which I think they, which I think both teams really want. Um, so yeah, I think, but I think the Hardys get elevated in this thing. Next up anarchy in the arena. Cause we can't have blood and guts. Jericho Appreciation Society, Chris Jericho, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager taking on Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, and the Blackpool Combat Club consisting of Brian Danielson and John Moxley with William Regal. I feel like, man, I feel like Blackpool prevails over this. This is a short-term huh. feud. Okay. I, I don't, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, this is a short-term feud, not a long-term feud, but I, I, I'm prepared to be wrong on that one. I am of the opinion that the Jericho Appreciation Society has to win this because I don't think this is the blow-off. I think blood and guts will be the blow-off, and that will be the point where Daniel Garcia gets sick of all this sports entertainment crap. And I think the the, the worked injury to Brian Danielson that they've been doing, I don't know if you read about this, but uh, during during the tapings of Dark, I believe, last week, they did something where Danielson got his legs stuck between the ramp and the arena and he hurt it and he was kind of selling it this week, limping out to the ring. I think that well, I, w- w- wasn't the getting his legs stuck in there for seven minutes, not an accident. Like, like, wasn't, I mean, was that works? Was that like Danielson basically like wanted to do a, to me. okay. So this is, da- so this, you know, initially I had this, huh? It's a lot like spinal tap when, uh, it, the bass player gets stuck in the pod for the entirety of the song and it takes him seven minutes to get him out. It's unfortunate. We didn't get more, uh, clips of this. I think that maybe the Eddie Kingston Blackpool combat club tension might lead to the defeat here, but I, I just think, I think this is longer term than we think. And I think Jericho appreciation society therefore has to get the win here somehow. I'm just trying to figure out how. Yeah, I, I mean that, that could very well be it. That could very well be it. Uh, that that they they do end up winning. Maybe maybe at the end of the day, Jericho's able to turn Santana and Ortiz. No, no, no. That that's dead. I think. I think uh, because of how that whole thing went down. That those angles. But 
Yeah. You know, no, I think this will be, I, I, this will be a fun plunder match. I think 2.0 is going to get just absolutely wrecked in this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll be a lot of, uh, it'll be a lot of plunder spots. I think there'll be a lot of quote unquote sports entertainment plunder spots here. So I think it'll be a fun watch though, still. In the match I'm most looking forward to, and it is an absolute story match, not a work rate match. MJF versus Wardlow. Wardlow wins. He'll be granted his release from his contract with MJF. MJF wins. Wardlow will be permanently banned from signing with AEW. I will give you some uh, potential things because my co-host on the Dynamite Show brought this up. Is there any chance, Chris, that Wardlow loses this match but gets signed by ROH and becomes the big guy there? Or is this going to go down as we think with perhaps some question about how it happens? How do you see this, Chris? It it seems, I don't know. It it seems like it wouldn't, it's not going to fly to have Wardlow like (laughs) lose to MJF after the story they've been telling. I know he, he wins. He wins. I think Wardlow wins. I think MJF, I think there's a Remsburg issue here. I could see MJF has his foot on the ropes. MJF has his foot under the ropes. MJF has his shoulder up because I think we have to get for the next big pay-per-view quarterly. I think it's MJF versus the winner of punk and page. So I think Wardlow has to win here, but MJF has to have some sort of, hey, I got screwed by the refs type of thing here. What do you think about that? Yes, I could see that. It leads to a rematch. So Wardlow gets his contract, but the feud's not completely over. Right. I think, but well, I think they move on from the feud. I just think MJF has a legitimate beef where he actually won when he didn't or something to that effect. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. And, like, maybe then MJF is, like, got, like, a little, not like a feud per se, but, like, heat with Remsburg, and that becomes a story. World Tag Team Championship for AEW. Three-way Jurassic Express of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Christian Cage versus Team Taz of Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, presumably with Taz, versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Chris? Does Jurassic Express come out with the titles on this three-way? Man, it it's hard to call this one only because like the Christian Jurassic Express story is weird. Um, is Christian trying to sabotage them? Or is Jack just choking and Christian I I don't uh I'm gonna say they lose the titles here. I'm yeah, I'm going to say they lose the titles here. Two? To whom? I know, I know. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I'm trying okay, to... well, I will go over my... my, my... Okay, go, go for it. Uh, I think this match is going to be really, really good. Jurassic Express, they're, uh, what they lack uh, is usually covered up by the fact if they're in there with two other teams. Let's put it that way. The, the last, we said on the last pay-per-view, that, that triple threat over-delivered. Because it it shielded Luchasaurus's shortcomings in many ways, and also Jungle Boy's reliance on on gymnastic sequences for the most part. Uh, I do think Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus lose the titles, and I think the breakup between I think Cage stomps a mud hole in Jungle Boy after the match. But I think it's time to put the titles on Team Taz. I think Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs are fantastic. That's I mean, what I was leaning to is that it's like, actually like it's time to put like a real belt on Starks. Yes. Yeah. And because look, I don't know if the titles elevated jungle boy or Luchasaurus any, I really don't at this point. I don't know what the, what the postmortem is here because I think they got caught in the morass of is Christian cage really on their side or not. And I think that, uh, and I think a lack of a really strong one-on-one feud with another team, because remember this wasn't the original triple threat schedule. There was originally going to be the Young Bucks and Red Dragon here with 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 the Jurassic Express. I think the lack of a strong one on one team feud has not helped the Lucha uh, has not helped the Jurassic Express. Almost called the Lucha Express, and I think it's time to change the titles. I think it's just time to change them. I, I don't disagree. Um, I, I mean, 
I, I, the, I don't dislike the Christian pairing, but I don't think they've done a very good job telling the story with Christian. So then I guess I don't really care for the Christian pairing only on that. I love, <laughs> I love Christian. I just hasn't been working for me. The Owen Hart tournament final, starting with the women, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD fresh over that win against Tony storm might go a little bit into that. Cause that angers me versus Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander. I said on other preview shows, you might've seen the only person out of the final four who didn't need a big win was Britt Baker DMD. Sure enough, screw job. Now I'm being told this is storytelling because Tony storm looked at, looked at DMD and said, if you screw me in any way, Oh, it's going to be vengeance doesn't matter tony storm needed a win here and she probably needed the win for the entire tournament to really capture the hotness of her debut which has cooled down speaking of which on the other side of the ledger ruby soho ice cold mostly just a theme song at this point i think in some ways after a hot debut chris statlander this repackaging is not working very well who do you put in there against Britt Baker? Number one. And who do you, do you put them over? Because it feels like right now, as it's being set up, is that we're getting the King and King, King and Queen of the prom with Cole and Britt Baker coming out on top. I am legitimately fascinated by this Soho Statlander match uh, because I could see where they're trying to once again, retrace their steps and give Ruby Soho the win that she needed over Britt Baker in the finals. But I could also see them going all the way with Statlander on this reboot to see if they can make it work. But I could also see just Britt Baker winning it all and us going, well, what was the point of that then? Chris, how do you see this? God, it is really tough. Because to me, the play here would be, why don't you try to fix what you damaged with Brit, uh, with um, Ruby Soho? Yes. But... I'm with you. They just repackaged Statlander and they do need to establish, you know, I, I, I think that long-term the hope would be that Statlander could be someone um, who could be like a real comp, like, like Statlander versus Jade Cargill feels like more the match than Ruby Soho versus Jade Cargill. Uh, Like, you know, like it just feels like, they would want, if they could get Statlander to that place, they would want to get her to that place. Okay. So you think that, so you think the finals for this is for a TBS title match eventually? Or just, or are you no, just talking I think I'm thinking of this as a vehicle. Okay. To gotcha. establish someone. Like, yeah. Are we, do we need to establish Brit? Probably not. But to your point, um, Adam Cole and Brit Breaker, Brit Baker as king and queen of the prom especially like, you know what? I'm going to go Britt Baker because I could see this story, this pay-per-view being like the Jacksons lose to the Hardys that annoys Adam Cole. Adam Cole is now more closely aligned with his girlfriend and red dragon coming out of this. Okay. I, I am going to, you know what? I'm just going to go the direct route. I'm going to, I say Ruby Soho does something a little heelish to beat Stadlander. Cause it looked like they were building up to that on, on dynamite might take a shortcut or at least, not as baby face as you might seem, might be a bit of an edge, and then eventually loses to Britt. In the men's Owen Hart Cup tournament final, Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Now, on a preview show last Sunday, I thought this was how they were going to introduce the Forbidden Door, because I thought they were going to take Samoa Joe out of this tournament and put in a Hiroshi Tanahashi or, a, or an Okada to take Adam Cole's place, win the Owen, and that gives that person an excuse to then go after the winner of Page and Punk on the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Looks like I'm wrong here. Looks like they're just going to go directly with Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole, with Samoa Joe having the injured arm. Uh, is there any way you see Samoa Joe coming out of this as a winner, Chris? Just seems really unlikely. Um, I, I mean, I, they, it seems like they've really put the mileage into telling the... Samoa Joe is very formidable, but is broken down and the odds are going to be against him. I, I, I don't, I just don't see Joe winning this. Yeah, I, I don't either. I, I do think we're probably going to get a Jay lethal or Sanjay Dutt appearance during this match. And it probably leads to the loss in some way. Um, but yeah, I'm, 
I guess this is their first ever match against one another. I'm liking Samoa Joe as old grizzled Wahoo McDaniel type. I really am. And I think he's going to beat the crap out of Adam Cole, which will be very enjoyable. I'm not saying anything about the enjoyment of this match. I just think it's a foregone conclusion that Adam Cole is probably going to win this. Yeah, I know. I, think- I, I mean, and, and I mean, I think there'll be some fun callbacks to their feud in NXT too. So like, like no, I, they have I, a feud I, in I, I like this. Am I what? misremembering? Did they have a feud in NXT? I Did they have they have a match in NXT? I wasn't. I'm not sure of that. I was told it was their first match, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm I thought just... they had. I thought they had a match in NXT. It feels like they had a match in NXT. Isn't that oh, you know what? The they title? were. I think they were building one, and that's when he got uh, he got hurt and and fired again. When he was when he was Regal's. Uh, Okay, yeah, that's right. No, that's, that's right. That's right. Cross. No, they were they were definitely okay. So I guess you could say they had a feud that never came, but like like you're right. They're definitely building tension when he was like manager type. Yes. And and, and then he finally like lost his cool. So no, they were building to a feud for sure. Yeah. Um AEW women's world title. And what could I what I think could be a sleeper of a match? Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deep. There's no way Serena Deep wins this, I don't think. Uh, my fear is yet again another story match involving Dustin Rhodes somehow. I hope he doesn't come out during this match. Uh, I would like Serena Deeb to eventually be the AEW Women's World title because I think it needs a strong technical bully type heel versus Britt Baker, who I think is a more of a flaky type of heel. Um, but these two have incredible chemistry. They've done a pre-show match that almost stole the show once. I'm kind of looking forward to this one, but I think Thunder Rosa wins. I'm going to go the other way. I'm good for the reasons that you bring up, and especially considering that like AEW is still really committed to uh, one Jade Cargill, who I'm told is still improving. I think it would be really good to have the belt on someone like Serena Deeb, who is already improved, shall we say. Um, I, I think it would actually offer a nice buffer zone for this. I'm not worried about two heel champions. Um, the chase is often better than the catch. Rosa, for her part, her promo was great. I actually, I loved coming out as Mel, loved the outfit, loved the side profile turning, and we just see her whole face. Um, It was the perfect promo to connect with someone before they unfairly and unjustly lose the belt. Huh. Interesting. Because we have a lot of title switches going on this time. And I'll be interesting going into this world title match. The big one. The one we've kind of looked forward to hangman Adam page against CM punk for the AEW world championship. Who you got, Chris? I got page winning this. I, I know a lot of people got punk winning this. I just, I, I see page winning this. I see page going heel. Huh? That is a fascinating turn of events. I think it's quote unquote best for business. I'm, I'm struggling with this still, Chris, and I've, I've made this selection twice and I'm still struggling with it. I think CM Punk is the choice here. I think CM Punk grows your business. I think Adam Page chasing uh, or getting in the line to chase, because I think, I think the move here is to cool off Adam Page a little bit into Forbidden Door, where I put him in the super work rate feud with will osprey if we can get osprey uh off of his health condition stuff but i see the the match at forbidden door being punk and tanahashi which isn't your super work rate match i see okada and danielson if they can get that going and i see page and osprey being that match so i think you have to take the title off of him here to get there i think cm punk can talk Better than Adam Page right now. I, that's I, a I, hot take, bro. Can you can you flesh that one out a little bit? Which one? That he that he can oh, talk the, better? That CM Punk can talk. I was being sarcastic. I know. Something. I know. Uh, <laughs> I jumped on the joke. I apologize. Um, but I think that that's what you need. I think you need a, a you, you need. Because Moxley had his own way of talking people in and it was good, but it wasn't great to me. Kenny was just a bit of a clown for my liking. I think punk and given the people that I think you're going to line up against punk, that I think there's going to be that title match. This ends with CM punk losing the title in Chicago to MJF. 
And that is going to be hot fire. But I think for now, you need a guy who can talk the, the smaller feuds that are going to come out of this into it. Like your, your special events on AEW or whatever. The, the, the equivalent being the Adam Page murder hawk type feud, which lasted two weeks and didn't really get a lot of heat in it. I think CM Punk is the choice here. And, and, and if it's not, I'm fine with that. Don't get me wrong. We can play the whole day one versus guy coming in to get it here. I don't know if anybody goes heel or not. I think it's a clean win either way. I think there might be some uh, do what it takes to win type of spots where you start to question is one of these guys going heel, but I don't think they pull the trigger on it yet either, but I'm going to go with CM Punk clean over Adam page. I interesting. Interesting. I, I, I just, uh, I'm interested. I mean, I'm, I'm buying yeah, I, especially, especially if no one's turning heel, I just have a real hard time seeing punk winning. Um, I, not, not that I don't think he should be champion. I just, I think, I, I, I think Paige needs to turn heel for like, like as, as part of losing the title. Like we need to really, we need, especially if you're going to have it be about the betrayal, uh, like MJF winning and everything like that. It needs to, his, his ascension to the throne needs to be in bathed in white light. Shall we say? Hmm. Okay. No, I can go your way too. I am not, I'm not dismissing that in any way. It is. I'm excited to see it. This is the one that I don't know about everything. No, else, I'm like, I, I'm, I, I can't wait. Like, this is, this is, this is the match I am looking forward to this weekend. Um, I think it'll be a really good match too. Like I, I think because punk has been just kicking ass uh, in this last run here. I, I, I mean, he's really engaged. I, he's going to be up for the big matches. Uh, and I, I'm really stoked about this match. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't wait. But I, and I, I like, I like that it's not clear. I really do. With that, go enjoy your weekend. It's been okay. shaking them ropes. You follow, me, <laughs> follow nice. me at Crap Game Thirteen. You follow Chris at DWATG. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. Every week over on Patreon.com/slash Fight Game Media for five bucks, you can hear my hot takes post dynamite on the dynamite show with one paul ace fontaine who is currently in vegas with most of the other crew from fight game media that comes out usually late tuesday night give it a listen or late wednesday night give it a listen on your early thursday mornings chris also does other podcasts as well he is going to plug them for you now yeah don't worry about the government i actually had some time off this week here uh and uh went and taped an episode talked about the uh, tragedy down in Uvalde, uh, and actually talked about a less well-covered, uh, very, very close call right down the street from me this week that uh, could have very easily gone a similar direction here. Um, so we'll be talking, uh, unfortunately, yet again about guns, schools, and America on the most recent episode of Don't Worry About the Government, which you can find at patreon.com slash DWATG.